Earbuds, Melbourne's podcast network. Earbudsnetwork.com. Welcome to Punta Vista, episode 15. Uh, we've had a little hiatus where everyone has been legally dead. Mm. Yeah, but I'm back. I'm back from my uh, five-day-long migraine coma. And I'm here with Lucy. Hello. And Theo. Hey there. I, of course, am Andrew. Now that my brain is functioning again... Well, Andrew Andrew was shitting for five days, just solidly, <laughs> solidly couldn't get off the dunny. It's given Lucy's terminally transmittable IBS. <laughs> Terminal IBS. Yes. <laughs> it's a really long, slow death. It's, um, it's taken, taken Lucy like 20-something years so far I'll to be die of soon. this particular... I'll be gone very soon. <laughs> oh... Happy Father's Day, folks. Happy Father's Day to me. Mm, our father. Oh, yeah, the you're father of both. Yeah. The father of the group. Father to us all. And the father of uh, children and and the podcast. I gave birth to this podcast. You did. Happy Happy Father's Day oh. to you. Thank you. Out of my pothole. Um, so I figured <laughs> to say, to say uh, Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there, oh, whether yes. you be a... a a straight dad or a gay dad or um, not actually a man dad. Uh, maybe you're a single mum out there doing all the actual work. And happy Father's Day to you. Good on you. I say. Yeah. Good on you. So, to celebrate this, we thought that we would give you um, a reading. A message uh, from... A, tr- a message from treasured Australian Senator Pauline Hanson. Should, should, we just, should we just dive into this? Yes, I would like Lucy to, to read this to us in her best... Pauline Hanson voice. I can't do it. I don't think my voice can shake for that long. She's got the shakiest <laughs> voice. She just sounds nervous. Like, she just knows she's not meant to be there. She's always just about to burst into tears. She sounds like that all the time. I would accept a very nasal voice. <laughs> all right. Happy Father's Day to start with. For a lot of you, I'm, I'm not going to do the Pauline Hanson voice. I can't do it. Oh, come on. Give it a it. bit of the voice. I can't do it. For a lot of you... Father's Day is Mm. still a day you can get together with Dad (laughs) or make contact to appreciate all of the hard work he's done, blah, 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 the usual sentimental shit. For the rest of us, Dad will be a forever strong memory, and while he's not necessarily here with us in person, he's never left us in spirit. It's nice. Mm, He's in jail. He's in in jail. jail. (laughs) That's nice. (laughs) Lastly, to all of the fathers, with an apostrophe in fathers, Mm -hmm. Who have been let down by our legal system and will not celebrate <laughs> no will not celebrate today with your kids. <laughs> Never lose that fighting spirit. Oh my Instead, God. <laughs> it's worse. Instead of marriage <laughs> equality hitting the headlines day after day, we must call for divorce equality and parental <laughs> equality. Uh, good old divorce equality. <laughs> divorce equality. What does that even mean? I'm guessing it just means that dads should get custody all the time. Yes. Yeah, <sighs> oh my god. <sighs> family court dad day. Happy Father's Day to all the family court dads out there. Mark Latham, I hope you're having a good one. Oh, happy Father's Court Day. Divorce equality. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, she knows her audience. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, I bet um, that got so many likes. That would have been so popular on her Facebook page. Very much. I, I wonder what... Um, I mean, I'm not going to find out because I'm sure it'll be a horrible brainworm, but um, I wonder what the hashtag 21fathers refers to. I'm sure it's some sort of <laughs> extremely normal and positive social group. Definitely. Um, that Pauline is all about. But yeah, I thought that was a, a nice message. From Pauline for Father's Day. The old 21 dad salute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. 
Uh, and she does she does close out on the observation that um, with about 35,000 same-sex couples in Australia, I think divorce equality deserves just as much, if not more, attention, given the number of separations now exceeds 48,500 per year in Australia. Oh, God. I've, I've gone onto the Facebook page. I've Uh-oh. done it. May I just share one comment? Yes, please. Friend of the show, Jeff. Hello, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Hello, Jeff. Says, exactly. Once we get the dads a fair share of time with their kids, then we can start treating all the menopausal mums who cause all all the distance between men and kids with their lies. Hmm. <laughs> I'm with you, Jeff. <laughs> Woo. And I can't wait until my wife divorces me for absolutely no reason. And for no reason. Then keeps my... Yes. And, and lies about it constantly, because that's... It's clearly what's happened to all of these men. All of them, and there are... All, all of these men who comment on Pauline Hansen's Facebook page. And they are all men. There are a lot of men who are very behind this Father's Day message. Oh, dear. So, um, speaking of divorce equality, uh, mm. we thought we might have, have a talk about marriage equality today, because if you, uh, if you want equality, you should let, let gay people get married too, so that they can all be as miserable as the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, actually. I like it. <laughs> classic. Classic. Oh, my God. It's just like so many Australian political uh, things on the scene. It's just it's just sad. It's a bummer. Uh, unlike American politics, where there are a lot of, uh, you know, deep festering wounds that are hidden away out of the public eye until they occasionally, you know, bubble to the surface and some sort of action is forced. Uh, here in Australia, we do things a little differently. And what we do is we weaponize sensitive political issues and then just keep them in the forefront of Australian life for decades. For so long. Just so long. Yeah. Yep. It's been a thing that people have been talking about and seemingly just ready to get done and move on with life for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. <sighs> Which sucks. I had someone, like, ask me on Twitter the other day from America, like, what is the actual deal with the fact that Australia is normally relatively okay with everything else and we're so behind on marriage equality? Well, and I just, I'd argue I that first know. point. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, I don't understand what is wrong with this country in terms of marriage equality. I mean, I do, but, you know. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like we're, we're just... Just perennially unable to just get some shit done. Pretty much. Get some shit done, s- settle it, and move on. I think that's the essence of it, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's so embarrassing that America got there first. It's extremely embarrassing. Mm. I mean, they did get there through, didn't they get, it was just like a high court ruling? Isn't that what happened? But yeah, this, well, the Supreme Court just said, yes. Yeah, overnight. Yeah, they just went. Nope, Constitution doesn't say that men and men and women and women can't get married, so shut up, let everybody do it. Yeah, whereas John Howard said that they can't, so they can't. Mmm, mmm, saintly lord, John Howard. Mm. Friend of the show, John Howard. Johnny. <laughs> the show's favourite DJ. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, like, they had their ruling in the States, and that's the worst thing now, is that everybody... Everybody has been forced to gay marry someone, usually their kids. Yeah. Especially um, their kids. And yeah, and everybody is just all day long um having to to, you know, provide services to, to gay, gay couples people. having having hardcore sex in their shop and they can't ask them to leave. Which is everyone, because now everyone has to have gay sex all the time. So That's true. Court mandated. Just disgusting over there. There's just just sex everywhere all the time. <laughs> Disgraceful. Well, and this comes back to, you know, all of the, the many, many uh, completely specious bullshit arguments that get put up against uh, marriage equality in Australia is that the problem is all of these things that supposedly will happen to a society when uh, gay people are able to be married that are supposed to happen, you know, uh, cats and dogs living together, <laughs> just chaos. And the problem is that like every other developed English-speaking Western country in the world 
has legalized gay marriage and nothing happened and none of and none of these things have happened yeah mm. like there's there are all of these like live living case files that can be studied of what happens in a society like ours when you change these laws and the answer is none of that stuff happens well i mean you say that but like you know if you wound the clock back to when we were talking about interracial marriage I'm sure if you mm. if we went back there, there'd be people saying, well, what's next? We Gay marriage. Homos mm. Mm. Yeah. And uh, surprise, bitch. <laughs> Shazam. Well, um, you know, we can only assume that once once gay marriage is legal, then it's going to be like... Um, yeah. Well, you know, uh, uh, bestiality is Cory Bernardi's go-to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like that he has returned to that well a bunch of times. There's a dog trapped in that well. <laughs> and it's, it's getting fucked. <laughs> oh, man. I think that's the worst part about this whole debate, is realising how fucking ridiculous these people's arguments are. Yeah, yeah like, that, that's right. You go into it thinking that they're just going to be like a bunch of like Christian people who are just homophobic, and then you realise... All these insane things that people genuinely seem to believe, like we're going to mm. have gay marriage and then we all have to be non-gender binary and all the boys are going to be wearing dresses and stuff. It's just fucking well, ridiculous. So we have compiled here a bunch of examples of of all of this really dumb shit. And so I think the problem for a lot of the leading opponents of, of uh, marriage equality, uh, one of the big problems is that... Um, they can't say what they really think about on the public stage. You know, mm. they can't say, oh, well, because I'm, you know, I'm a member of a church that says that it's gross and wrong and a sin and, you know, and it's a big violation and that we shouldn't sanction that as part of our society. They can't say any of that stuff because they know that they will rightly be called bigots and that they will be told that, just because, you know, you are part of a church that says that doesn't mean everybody else in the country has to live according to the rules of your church. Yep. So instead, they have to take all of those edges off and they have to pretend that the argument is, is you know, about, well, usually about kids. Uh, they normally say it's about kids, even though they never actually explain what it is. I don't know if the inference is meant to be, well, if gay people are allowed to get married, then everyone's kids will be gay. Or gay people will have kids and they will turn those kids uh, gay? I, th I think they're, they're mostly worried about just um, vaguely effeminate sons. That, that seems, <laughs> yeah, that, that seems to be the main bit. Well, uh, yeah, this, this is kind of my point, though, is that, like, yeah, even just pulling on, pulling on the threads of any of these arguments and the things immediately fall apart if you discount... Uh, the idea that it's just that they think homosexuality is wrong and should not be countenanced in a in a civilized society, you know, mm. there's there's nowhere else for it to go, and even even all of the arguments about oh it's about children and what's best for children and everything as as we all know, gay people can have children. Yep. In the society that we live in right now, there are tons of gay couples who have kids and there are gay people having kids right and, now. And there are studies that show that they end up happier because as a whole, gay people parent just the same way as other people, except they can't arrive at children by accident. So mm. but yeah. they can't but in the they can't point to these things, you know, in their arguments because they all count against them so they have to they have to dog whistle and they have to slippery slope and they have to bloody mm. thin edge of it's, the wedge you know it's it's gross it's it's insanely infuriating yeah it's all these suggestions about something around the corner some yeah. some diabolical way in which our society will change but people won't just say it and I suppose that comes back to one of the other arguments that gets mounted all the time, which is, oh, well, I'm just a person with an opinion, and when I happen to tell my opinion to people, which is that I think homosexuality is an abomination and shouldn't be allowed around children, they call me a bigot. Yep. And they're the real bigots for saying they, so. Yeah. yeah, and they attack the me. The real bigotry is pointing out my bigotry. Mm -hmm. It's so bizarre. It's that it's that thing we're always talking about of like you know free 
having the right to free speech or to say what you think in a in a public sphere does not exempt you from any kind of consequences of that speech. Mm. I just I just can't believe how much of the time it is people like explicitly saying, "Ah, when I exhibit the dictionary definition of bigotry, <laughs> bigotry. or discrimination, then people then have the temerity to tell me that I am a bigot. And that is very hurtful to me. I think what they think the difference is, is just civility. And it comes up in every kind of anything, you know, you can talk about recently, you know, with the um, sort of, you know, racial tensions in America or, 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 you know, whatever you point to, you've got a group where, you know, they think that they can say whatever is abhorrent because they're being civil about it. They're saying, it, you know, using large words in full sentences sometimes, but without any swearing or, or what have you. And you've got people that actually are affected by these things who are angry and they're mm. frustrated because they because they are the ones whose human rights are being denied and, and that kind of thing. And just the act of them being angry is enough for people to point at and say, oh, going about this all the wrong way. This is, you mm. know, yeah, this course. is... This is not good to me, and we're going to vote no. And it's something I've seen a bunch, you know, I've seen a bunch of people say, hey, I, I kind of thought, yeah, maybe they should get married, but now they've been a little bit rude about it. Yeah, they said a swear word. They, they've been a little bit rude. They've, and I'm not going to give them their rights until they stop demanding them. Yes, yes. I'm going to yeah. be, I'm, I'm just going to be a little bit withholding here. So look. Well, and as as with so much uh, civility discourse, it's always the group that already has exactly what they want. It already has it. Yeah, that's who right. is demanding that everybody else conduct themselves according to some set of principles, you know, to some some little set of rules of engagement that hasn't actually been defined by anybody. It's just this particular, you know, civilized way you're supposed to act. And it's always the people who have what they already want. Yeah that are imposing those things and it's just a, it's just an incredibly cowardly way of disqualifying due to your own criteria disqualifying other people yeah. from getting to have a say these people though these people are just like i don't know how they function in society like that marriage equality ad that came out where the woman's like <sighs> the teacher said my son was allowed to wear a dress and it's like um yeah all right <laughs> like yeah yeah it's like yeah that that has nothing to do with what we're talking about but fine mm. but it's like okay. they must just be so scared all the time of oh, just yeah. the world around them shall we shall we listen to the ad oh <laughs> right yes let's do it yeah let's just uh throw this on Fuck it on very real mums so this is uh the the commercial that has been put together by uh, the campaign against marriage equality. Let's take a listen. Let's take an ear gander. School told my son he could wear a dress next year if he felt like it. When same-sex marriage passes as law overseas, this type of program become widespread and compulsory. Now there's just a subtitle here saying, In countries with gay marriage. Parents have lost their rights to choose. Kids in Year 7 are being asked to role-play being in a same-sex relationship. No, they haven't. You can say no. <laughs> you can say no. I just, like, literally the only underlying message is I don't like gay people. Like, I don't want my kids to role play a gay relationship. Like, who gives a shit? That's, that, is, that is genuinely one of the things that I've really enjoyed about this, um, is seeing the, that, like, when people put that sort of stuff up as this is the reason that, you know, it shouldn't be allowed, mm. or that they're so horrified, despite, again... You'll notice that 90% of the stuff in that commercial had nothing to do with marriage. Didn't talk about marriage, didn't talk about any kind of threat to marriage, no, anything like just, that. Just it was purely kids. it was purely something will happen to kids, something will happen to the kids. And yeah, like uh like the whole I I saw a lot of debate spring up uh, about the child being told that they could wear a dress. And the the uh principal of the school that that woman's child goes to, the first woman featured in the ad, came out publicly in a in a newspaper piece and said that never happened. Oh yeah, and that conversation, yeah, that conversation never took place. Lyle Shelton retweeted it, and he literally just said, "Yes, it did." <laughs> yes, it did. Yeah. Um, 
So, yeah, so I, I love the whole, like, our entire argument against, you know, uh, giving giving rights to a whole section of the populace should be decided based on, like, one person's anecdote. But, um, but apart from anything else, I like that, you know, there are all these people arguing it and saying, ah, they've been caught out in a lie. See, she did get told that, um, you know, she did get told that her son could wear a dress and all these people are just like, good. Yeah, like, it's who good. the fuck it is? So doesn't what? even move the needle. Like, who gives a shit? Like, yeah, oh, are you telling me that the worst thing that's going to happen is that some six or seven-year-old kid is going to get told that he should just be accepted for who he is, no mm. matter how he wants to dress? Oh, what a fucking nightmare. Imagine living there. Terrible. Imagine then it became normalized and then people didn't care that, what what you wore like it sounds Wild. it sounds awful to me uh, it, i can't live in a world where um where if i wear a pink shirt someone's not going to lean out of the side of their car and call me a faggot um i just can't imagine mm. nightmare world living in it, yeah in such a place it's it's quite horrible yeah terrible yeah what a nightmare um so there was another piece here that I wanted to touch on, which was um, uh, Liberal MP Andrew Hastie uh, doing an interview on the ABC, and he was explaining why he's voting no in the same-sex marriage plebiscite. And I should note there to the ABC journalist that tweeted this that it's not a plebiscite, it's a postal survey. Right, as I've been told several times. <laughs> it is, yes, yes. And and so, all right, let me, just, let me just roll it. I'm going to roll it back here for... Any international listeners. So here's the situation that we have. We're supposed to have a representative democracy in which um, our MPs are elected to represent a um, an electorate and they go to parliament and parties put up bills and they get voted on and then they do or don't become the law of the land. It's a good system. What's supposed to happen here? Yeah, it's a good system if they do it. Um, so in... Efforts to not actually have to do anything about an issue that um, has broad public support. Uh, Former weirdo, onion-eating Catholic Prime Minister Tony Abbott, um, without talking to his uh, party room, went ahead and announced that the government was going to conduct a plebiscite, which is different to a referendum in the sense that whatever the result, you don't actually have to do anything about it. If they had have done a referendum, then that involves a change to the constitution afterwards. Um, a plebiscite, however, is basically an incredibly expensive opinion poll. Mm-hmm. Um, a bunch of people from his own party then went about saying to the media, I don't care what the results of this thing is. I'm still going to vote no against gay marriage because I'm a big, stupid, bigoted dickhead named Erica Betts. <laughs> and... So, you know, they kicked this football around for a while and nothing much happened. Uh, came to a head again under current lily-livered, great big piece of shit, Malcolm Turnbull, our current Prime Minister. And enemy of the show. Who, enemy of the show, Malcolm Turnbull, who came out a little while ago and said, ah, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a postal vote. So, you know, they were they were going to put the bill for a plebiscite up against parliament again but it was very clear that it was just going to fail so instead they announced that they were going to do this postal vote which would be even more expensive than the plebiscite is that correct i think so not sure that's what i've heard i think i I think the plebiscite was going to be like 60 million dollars or something like that the postal thing is going to cost 122 million dollars um, you know, again, from a political party that is so concerned about waste of money. Apparently. It's being run by the by the ABS, who famously f- and very expensively fucked up the census. Yes, that was good Could too. Could not do the census, and now we're back. Yep, so people aren't even convinced that it's it's constitutionally appropriate for the ABS to run this exercise. Um, there are two challenges against it in the high court before it even goes out. But if it does, it'll cost $122 million to mail to people who can receive mail and who are correctly enrolled to vote, um, to mail a thing out to people. And then 
whatever portion of the populace responds, um, if most people respond yes, uh, the Liberals will probably still just not do it. That's right. If they, well, they've, they've said specifically, if it comes back no, they will not hold a vote. Um, if it comes back yes, they might hold a vote, and the result of that vote will be no anyway. So it's there is no reason for this to exist. Um, they just want, they're just hoping that it comes back as no so that they can point to it and say, look, it was done. We tried it. Didn't work. Sorry. And then, and then be done with it instead of, you know, yeah. enacting the will, the mandate of the people, uh, as is their yes. actual job. Mm. Which, um, unlike so many other issues in our incredibly divided society, is actually pretty clear cut and supported by just years and years in a row of ever-growing support for marriage equality. It's supposed to be, like, whatever it is, you know, 70-something percent of people support it. And it's just this constant exercise in kicking the can down the road so that whoever is the leader of the shitty right-wing party that is running this country um, doesn't have to tell the most Nazi-like members of their own party that they're going to do this, this sinful activity. And mind you, I mean, they're doing all this this work to do something, to, to stop themselves from doing or even considering to do something that they don't agree with. When in 2004, you know, as, as Andrew alluded to, John Howard put into law without a website, without a postal vote, without any, without any of this garbage. Previously, uh, marriage was not ever defined in law in Australia, and they just popped it in there to say, marriage means the union of a man and a woman to the exclusion of all others. Um yep. And uh, that was um, it's it's okay to do that um, if you if you agree with it if it is the status quo uh, if it's something that you don't agree with but seventy percent of the Australian populace doesn't then you better turn it into a too hard a hundred plus million boom dollar mm. and something that's effectively designed to to, to sow distrust in the result yeah absolutely yeah. So, so for that that bit of background uh, was so that as I play to you here, Liberal MP Andrew Hasty doing an interview with Greg Jennett from the ABC News to tell him why he's voting no um, in the same-sex marriage postal survey. Hmm. <sighs> so listen to this um, extremely compelling argument, if you will. Uh, listen to, to this man just absolutely hammer down a, a stone foundation of logic that cannot be defeated as to why we should not have same-sex marriage in Australia. Here we go. I'll be voting no because I think marriage, as it's currently defined, is both a public and societal good. It's a special union between a man and a woman. It's a meeting of body and mind. It, it begins with consent and is sealed by... <laughs> sexual intercourse and because the sexual union is at the heart of marriage there's also procreative potential and because of that fact it's inherently ordered towards family life now the reason why the state has an interest in marriage is because of the welfare of children and so i think it would be good to leave marriage as it is currently defined for that reason Mm. I don't ever want to hear mm. him say sexual intercourse oh again. That is disgusting. Ugh. Begins with consent. All right. And of course, that's, the, that's you know, the logical mm. the logical end to their argument is, you know, not letting sterile people marry, not letting people that, that don't have any intention to have children marry. You know, it just goes... Obviously. It, no it divorce. Goes, no divorce. It goes don't on. let people over 50 marry. Exactly. Don't let... Yeah, again, it comes back to, to this idea of, oh, that it's about children. It's somehow about children. People people can have children now. They already do. Okay. So you're either saying that you, that you disapprove of any current situation in which gay people have children and that you don't think that that should be legal or permitted by society. And I would love to hear one of these motherfuckers say that on tape. I'd love to hear clean-cut Andrew Hasty go on the news and say, actually, I think that we should change any law that allows gay people to undergo IVF or adoption or anything like that. I think we should yeah. take the children away from gay couples because clearly, again, it's this thing that they all just keep dancing up to the edge of, but they're not fucking brave enough to say that they think that there's going to be some sort of corruption of children or some shit like that. 
Au oh, contraire, Andrew. Um, I believe that brings oh, us to the ACL. Uh, oh, God. Our friend Lyle Shelton at the oh. Australian Christian Lobby. Um, and to our um, international listeners, um, we had a national horrible shame uh, called the Stolen Generation, which was forced adoption of Aboriginal children. Um, it went on for decades. It was a uh, very nasty time. Now, and not that long that, ago either. And not, not that, that long ago. ago. Mm. Now that we've got this context, um, here's a little press release. Um, the Australian Christian Lobby commended the government on its apology for forced adoptions, but questions the Prime Minister's assertion that we can promise that no generation of Australia will suffer the same pain and trauma that you did. You can kind of see oh. where we're going with this. <laughs> the problem yeah. with forced adoption is that it broke the biological identity of children, says ACL's managing dipshit Jim Wallace. But mm-hmm. we are creating exactly the same problem for a future generation with those states which permit surrogacy for same-sex couples and singles. Jesus wow. Christ. What a piece uh, of I, shit. Hang on, hang on. We'll, we'll just tie it all together, the last sentence. The worst form of forced adoption was that experienced by the stolen generation which broke not only biological but cultural identity. Oh, God, it goes on. Yeah. Um, I don't know when to stop. Today, oh, yeah. gay couples... I bet, tra- I bet they really suddenly care about Aboriginal people. Yeah. Oh, uh, totally. No, I, I can't read any more of this. It's it's breaking my head. Um, oh. And, uh, he is the most cooked. He's such a shit human being. Oh, Wild Shelton. Um, I'll just go to a similar soul, back to our, our ex-Prime Minister, Tony Abbott, um, who... Uh, claims it's best for his gay sister's co- um, kids to be raised by a straight couple. Wow. Um, so it's really not... I mean, this is, this guy was, I mean, the most mainstream as it gets. I mean, he was Prime Minister before he was, you know, ousted yeah. for being too much of Literally a Literally the Prime Minister. Hmm. I mean, he does couch it with, you know, Chris has been a very good mother and her partner, Virginia. They do a good job. But nevertheless, I'm old-fashioned enough to think kids do best with a mother and a father. And it's sort of this, you know, even when you couch it in, you know, nice nice fluffy language and all this sort of stuff, it's the it's the concept that gay people can't raise, you know, functional kids. It's, it's not true. Ultimately, it has nothing to do with concern for kids. Like, the crux of everything they say is... I don't think gay people are good. That's good. That's right. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you can boil all of this stuff down to, well, if you if you don't think that gay people should be able to get married because marriage is so important and such a bedrock of society, and if you don't think that gay people should be able to have kids because something clearly something bad happens to kids if they're raised by gay couples, according to these mm. people, then at the root of all of that, is the message that you do not think gay people are equal. Oh, all yeah. of it. They just like they feel like it's 2017, they can't just come out and say it, so they have to couch it in all this bullshit language. This comes back to what I find myself thinking about a lot of this stuff, about how how people seem to be fixated on this idea that, you know, that, oh, you can't even say what you really think anymore because people will shout you down and they'll call you a bigot and they'll say all this stuff about you. Even even in Tony Abbott's own, he wrote an editorial in The Australian about why he would be voting no. And, you know, he said, oh, if you, if you don't agree with same-sex marriage, then vote no. And if you don't like political correctness, vote no, because mm. a, vote f- a vote no will stop political correctness in its tracks. Oh, right. What the fuck does that mean? Like, it's, like, to me, and I can't, I can't speak as to what is in the heart of every one of these frothing dipshits, but, (laughs) like, to me, to me, that just comes across really clearly as saying, like, what, what political correctness refers to in this, in this context is when, like I said, when you come out and exhibit the dictionary definition of bigotry and discrimination by saying to a, a whole section of the society that you live in. I don't think that you are equal to me. I don't think that you should have the same rights as me. I don't think you should be able to have kids. I think that I should be able to say whatever I want to you and as like 
any kind of stuff about how I think you are unequal, how I think that you are undeserving of the same rights. I should be able to say all of that stuff without ever being challenged, without being told that I'm a bad person for saying that, without being called a bigot. There's this whole thing where, like, you see people just freak out online when they say this stuff and you go, okay, well, you're a bigot. Hmm. If, like, if you, if you yeah, think that's the that thing people you believe, should... If you think that people should singular. not have the same... If you think that people should not have the same rights as you based on some quality about themselves which they cannot change, then it's bigotry. That is that is the definition pretty, pretty of bigotry. Simple. It's cut and dry. It's the fucking definition of the act. And yeah, and people freak out at being told that. And and I think it's because people are forced to actually look at themselves. Pretty much. People are forced to people are forced to confront the nature of what it is mm. that they're saying, and they do not like that. Mm. Imagine imagine having to be upset by something someone had said. <laughs> imagine. I know. imagine that. Mm. Imagine someone calling you a name like bigot. It must Ugh. be must be terrible. Whole thing is just it's just out of control. And like, what really struck me about the about the Andrew Hasty. Uh, interview, and and I saw two two clips of him game, giving the same very canned answer. When you take out the like, you know, I I I don't think that gay people are equal. I you know I think that they're gross and it's wrong, and my church tells me it's an abomination. When you take out any of that sort of stuff, any of the stuff that is like naked, open bigotry, then there isn't actually anything left that he's saying. Like, his his statement was, was straight out of some, like, the Oxford Dictionary defines marriage as... Yeah, that's the most galling thing. It's like, yeah, that's what we're trying to get changed, you stupid fuck. He just, he just describes marriage, and then, as we said, he refers to how, you know, it's it's about procreative potential. But again, you're talking about something that's that's already happening. Gay people already have kids. Yeah. So, like, like I said, none of none of these cowards would come out and say, "No, we think that gay people shouldn't be able to have kids at all." It is, however, a completely different issue the second you dive into the relative anonymity of the internet, mm. particularly like the comments on on any article on the Australian mm. uh, paper of choice of of middle aged white dipshits around the country, and. You know, I, I was reading before we started recording. I was reading some of the comments on Tony Abbott's um, opinion piece about why he will say no to same-sex marriage. Two, two of the comments here. One person, Barbara. Um, of course, of course, your name is Barbara. Uh, Barbara says the Australian Marriage Equality Party leader. Jason McShane admitted on Sky News last year that, quote, compensated surrogacy for same-sex couples is absolutely on the agenda for same-sex marriage activists. What? Procuring a woman for the purpose of purchasing her baby objectifies and commodifies both mother and child. And John replies to Barbara, their self-gratification and rights are paramount, and they are quite happy to trample on others' rights to achieve their objectives. I don't know what rights of, of straight people are being trampled on, but that's a thing that comes up often. I've seen that a lot, yeah. It's like, what what are you talking about? Some supposed freedoms or rights that are being removed from straight couples by gay couples being able to get married. Again, the only one that I can think of is that people uh, are starting to lose what they see as their right to just nakedly discriminate. Yeah. Um, John continues, it is all part of the leftist neo-communist agenda. And with that, total reordering of social and cultural institutions and education with the eradication of male and female gender. Don't believe me? Look at Canada making gender-neutral language mandatory, all caps, <laughs> at all schools and having training in it. Hate tribunals are coming here too. If you write, say, or promote something that is anti-gay marriage, even factual, you are sent to one of many human rights, tri human rights commission tribunals and no legal aid is given. And that's why the Australian has been put out of business. Oh, what an absolute uh shit pile. What what are they talking about though? Like, what is everything that's like they've suddenly bring up all these like gender neutral language and stuff? It's like, like what the fuck are they even talking about? 
Well, it's like, uh, well, all all of that sort of stuff with the with the um, oh, you'll be you'll be sent before a commission if you say anything, and like <laughs> pe- people have this these ideas of like they seem to genuinely believe it too. Well, it makes me think of um, it makes me think of when they brought in the the Affordable Care Act in the states, and there was that whole death panels thing. What was that? Which was, it was a stupid rumor that got started by right wingers because there were. I'm trying to remember what the what the origins of it would have been, but I, I'm supposing that the origins of it would have been that like you you get assessed by by groups of people and they say whether or not you're like eligible for particular surgeries or whether you'll okay. be prioritized that kind of stuff. What they interpreted this as was that if you were over a certain age, you would go before a panel of doctors and they would decide if your life was worth saving using using the, you know, surgeries and stuff at their disposal. And if they decided it wasn't, then you were effectively being sentenced to death by then choosing to withhold medical treatment from you. Okay. So they referred to them, they're referring to them as Obama's death panels. Right, and it became such a such an incredibly pervasive myth, to the extent where, um, you know, the current Republican administration has been talking about repealing the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare. Uh, they've been having those town halls, and Republicans have been going before these town halls, and still they're still pulling out that death panel shit. Except that everybody knows it's completely bogus now, and people mm. are getting yeah, they're being screamed, shouted down, down um, which is very cathartic to watch. Oh, it's so good. Uh, but it's yeah, it's just people just have these insane ideas about like these crazy new world order. Hey, hey, while, while we're while we're on this, while we're on this, um, when you when you said, oh, if you just read the um, comments on the articles in the Australian, I thought first I thought, well, why would you ever do that? <laughs> oh my god! Um, and then I immediately yes. scrolled down because I have several articles from the Australian uh, open, Bookmarks. and this is from <laughs> bookmarks. <laughs> um, this is from friend of the show Terence, uh, who thanks Angela Shanahan for an excellent article. Uh, where is this vote for marriage equality taking our society? Social issues such as the viability of gay marriage when dealt with on the social media platforms and much of the mainstream media and pushed by the political parties such as the ALP slash union as the cause de jour rendered in such a way to make us feel good. Uh, this is, it starts off quite, it's, it's all right so far. We'll, we'll see how this goes. Um, an emotive message, spur of the moment, decision-making uh, encourages us not to think too hard well, that no problem for the Australian readers, and as such, <laughs> doesn't prepare us. The media fodder, fodder for the realities that could perplex and haunt our society down the track. <gasps> the Jews in Germany prior to the 1930s <laughs> had no no need to feel much fear about the direction their society was taken. <laughs> oh, they believed in the good of society and mankind. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, oh, oh. Until the gay Nazis came for yeah, them. Yeah, the the, f- <laughs> the famously tolerant Nazis um, who didn't didn't uh, round up gay people and shoot them in ditches. Um, oh, yeah, I think they might be thinking different Nazis. Oh, I feel like anybody, it's just the people who read the Australian, um, think that because it's a broadsheet. That they're smart now. Yeah, it's a smart newspaper. It's for smart, horrible people. <laughs> Look, like I feel bad. There are there are a bunch of well, not a bunch. There are several writers for the Australian who I think do really good work, and yeah. I have a lot of respect for. Um, shout out friend of the show Michael Rodden, and shout out particularly um, dear sweet friend of the show Rick Morton. Mm. Um, Rick has done. Really, really amazing reporting on the National Disability Insurance Scheme um, for a long time now. Uh, And he's also written several uh, really, really great pieces on marriage equality. And the reason I bring this up is because he wrote one uh, a day or two ago 
in which he basically countenanced the idea that a lot of the opponents of marriage equality are just disgusted by gay people, but they won't come out and admit it. Yeah. And which which is very, very in line with basically everything that I've been saying, mm. which is that, yeah, there are just there are all these sort of allusions to some way in which it's bad or negative for society, but never any clear statement of just, I, you know, I don't I don't think gay people are like us and we shouldn't we shouldn't allow all this stuff. And yeah, so he, he wrote this piece about. You know, how he thinks a lot of people basically just must just feel disgust at gay people. And, but they also just don't feel like they can just come out and say that. And boy, oh boy, you should have seen the comments on that piece. Uh, a, a whole lot of proving his point. A whole lot of con- um, concern for the children, I bet. Uh, just, just really disgusting comments and it just... It simultaneously made me grateful to Rick for having the grace and insight to write a piece like that, and also sad that he had to write it for that piece of shit paper. Yeah. Um, full of people who just, yeah, who just didn't even, like, just weren't even remotely able to turn their gaze on themselves and see that the things that they were saying mm. were just, were just exactly proving his point. And, yeah, it's just a bum. So there are, like, I think that there are, you know, some good people writing for it. But over the last however many years, the culture wars shit in that paper is out of control. Um, Particularly everything about um, Yasmin Abdelajid. They effectively ran a young woman out of the country. Um. It's it's an embarrassment. Um, I think that that paper, yeah, is just a horrible, racist, homophobic rag. They keep giving a column to Andrew Boltz mm. and convicted Dennis racist. Shanahan and convicted racist and friend of the show, Andrew Boltz. Go fuck yourself. Huge piece of shit. Um, and of course, yes... Um, Rick's piece also inspired some absolutely frothing responses from Andrew Bolt and Mark Latham. It's it's all just very, you know, the lady doth protest too much kind of stuff. Yeah. Like the the absolute the absolutely maniacal outrage at even the suggestion that someone's opposition to gay marriage might denote bigotry mm. um really says to me, well, maybe he's onto something then. Should we, uh, should we take a couple of letters? Yeah, let, let's lighten things up a little. Lighten things up from the old physical sack of mail. Mm. The old groaning mail sack. Yep. Put your hand right on in there. Pull out a big one. All right. Mm. Well, unfortunately, the letters are about the same topic. Oh, oh well. A uh, friend of the show, Dave Hogan, asks... If marriage equality happens, what is Tony Abbott's move? Is there any chance that he shuts the fuck up? I don't think Tony can shut the fuck up. Absolutely. He will not. never shut up. Tony will never stop posting with his mouth. Yeah, imagine if he knew what the internet was. Oh, Jesus. Imagine oh, if he had God. Twitter. He'd be on there all day. <laughs> Although, my take on this is that Tony Abbott is a purely political creature. I think that he is 100% political. I think that he doesn't really have, like, real real morals or, or stands, you know? Yeah. In the same way that, like, that he's someone who's supposedly so dedicated to conservative ideology and, you know, the broad church of the Liberal Party and respecting conscience votes and all that sort of thing. And as soon as he became the leader of that party and the prime minister of the country... He immediately went about not doing any of that shit. Yep. Yeah. He immediately went about um, running up the budget and doing a whole bunch of shit that he had said he wasn't going to do and uh, breaking a whole bunch of extremely explicitly made promises and running roughshod all over all of his parliamentary colleagues he was meant to respect and 
making a whole bunch of his patented captain's calls and all that sort of thing. Mm. Um, I, I think that the I think that the whole carbon tax thing is a great example of how mm. um, of how he he is like a dog with a bone on anything that he thinks he can get political mileage out of, mm-hmm. and I reckon that. Once marriage equality comes to pass and it's clear that the majority of the country is happy with it and it's going to stop being a political football, that we won't hear shit from him about it. It's probably true. I don't think... He's not going to be campaigning to reverse it. He's not going to be campaigning to, like, you know, to do a repeal or anything like that. I think Mm. that it's it's just a political football for him. I think you're probably right. Yeah. My take is that he... He won't shut the fuck up, but he will stop talking about that specifically. Maybe we can distract him by telling him what bronies are. (laughs) Hit him up. Send him an email. (laughs) They'll keep him busy for like a whole year. Just start a a small campaign for like brony equality and that is only just happens around him, like Truman Show style. Put Tony Abbott in the Truman Show. Fuck, that'd be so good. Oh, my God. (laughs) Everybody in the show is gay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's my take. Unless anybody has an opposing view. No. No, I think you're absolutely right. Friend of the show, Virtual Wolf, asks, In a competition of who needs to shut the fuck up more and maybe get a bonus punch in the face... Who would win between Tony Abbott, Lyle Shelton, and Andrew Hastie? Uh, and what Lyle, is actually wrong in the head with Lyle all Lyle Shelton. Lyle Shelton by Lyle Shelton. a fucking mile. Yep. But also, what is wrong with them? How do you, how do you get like this? Christianity. Do we is is it Christianity or are they just no, fucked in the first place? No, because place? It, I don't I don't think it is because I mean one thing that we've seen in the last couple of weeks is a whole bunch of like religious leaders and and that kind of come out and say hey while we don't explicitly you know think that in the Bible this is you know the best way to go about things we recognise that the greater harm is in harming these people and, and not, not allowing them the equality. Mm. And, that, that's a, and lots of religious yeah, leaders have come out. plenty of Christians that think and, that. And said that. And, and, you know, there are a lot of people that take it all with love and all that sort of stuff. I, I, don't, I don't think that that's it. There is something specific, and I can't put my finger on it. Well, I would note that... Um... I would note that that's the the commonality between the three of them. Although, yeah. uh, although I would say that if you sort of if you ran if you ran the thread through the three of them, to me Andrew Hasty is the least offensive because despite the fact that he could not be further from the kind of person that I am in the sense that he is a terrible human strongly being. Re- strongly religious ex soldier, I'm, I'll say that I think that. I think that in his short time in politics that Andrew Hastie has shown more of a more of a moral backbone than most of the rest of the party in that there have just been a handful of things I've seen him do where he's come out and rejected either what the party's saying or how somebody was going about like doing some campaigning something like that I I can't remember the specific examples but just a couple of things where I went all right, fair enough. You would rather, you'd rather like come out and say the right thing than get carried by some horrible politicking bullshit. Um, so like to me, to me, he's the least offensive in the sense that he's extremely different to me, and you know, stands for a political party that I think is extremely damaging to this country. But mm. he's still shown more of an actual backbone than than half of the other guys. Then Tony Abbott, who has his own weird history of, like, entering the seminary, but realizing that that would require actually serving, uh, you know, his fellow man instead of putting himself first all the time. So quitting and going into journalism instead. Um, Being, yeah, like, as I've said, I think that Tony Abbott is a, is a, completely political animal i think that he's someone who's been in politics and in particularly the you know tory private schoolboy politics is one big game 
mindset for so long that I don't think he can see anything else. Mm. I don't think he can see anything else and I don't, I don't think he sees anything any other way. No, I, this is I true. 100% agree and you kind of look at when he was taken out as not being, you know, prime minister, not being leader of the party anymore, suddenly he starts attacking his own party because that's that's yeah. what he is. Mm. He's, you know, an attack dog. But that's that's all he knows. Pretty much. Yeah. And um and then right up right up at the top of this totem pole of shit is Lyle Shelton, who um is a lobbyist, which as we all know is one of the lowest forms of life on the yeah. planet. And he's just he's so cooked. He's so fucked. He's a greasy shit bag. Um and yeah, I think that I think that Lyle Shelton would do or say anything to further just the cause that he is currently in the employ of. This is true. Um, and this is this is what made me think of this before, is that um, uh, friend of the show, Josh Taylor, who is um, the news editor for BuzzFeed Australia. Um, I'm trying to remember who he used to work for, if it was like CNET or someone like that. But he has done reporting on like all of the plebiscite stuff and you know, Australia's general terrible shambling marriage equality stuff for a while. And I just remember something that he wrote um, once about Lyle Shelton where he said, no, Lyle, Lyle Shelton is a homophobe in the sense that he doesn't hate gay people, he is petrified of them. Yeah, they're genuinely, he's scared of them. I Like, I feel bad for how, like, how these people's lives must be being so terrified of anybody that's different. I mean, I don't feel bad for them because they're terrible, but, like, that's genuinely the way that they feel about the world around them. I mean, I, I, I don't want to suggest anything, but I think the weird common thread amongst these people is a fucked up um, preoccupation with the sexuality of children, which is very strange. Mm. It is very strange to be thinking about your young child doing the sex in any sense. Well, it's like people say, yeah, there is a lot of that whole, like, oh, people are trying to sexualize children in some way. And, you know, it's as as people say about Lyle Shelton, that, like, as I've seen gay people say about Lyle Shelton, he spends more time thinking about gay people having sex than gay people do. That's true, though. That's so yeah. true. I don't know. I just, I, I really hope that, you know, there, there were, I guess, good... Good results around how many people um, updated their details with the electoral commission. Yeah, it's good. So that they could take part in the vote. Um, it was like an extra hundred thousand people got added, and sixty thousand of them were were like eighteen to twenty four. Yeah, I saw someone comment the vast that, majority. Yeah, it might have been a tactical mistake to get um, young, <laughs> typically left leaning people to rush roll, out yeah. and register for this for this vote. Um, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the numbers, I don't think the numbers there to commit to anything, but, um, it is a fun little thing to chew on. No, I mean, I suppose the, the really worrying thing is that, um, because the entire exercise seems so dishonest, like the entire thing seems like it's set up to fail. I completely understand why a lot of people would look at at this postal survey with disdain and think, oh, it's stupid and it's all just a big political game and why should I take part? And obviously the answer is because, you know, like you were saying, Theo, if if the vote doesn't get up, then conservatives will take that as as being Yeah, that that's you know that's that's right. It's it's one thing to look at it as a game, but it's it has real consequences for people's lives, so we shouldn't play it like a game. Um you know, all we can do is is get out there and vote yes and make sure that as many people we know do as well. And, yeah, I guess even if, even if you know, the, the vote on the survey is yes, but they don't do anything about it, then at least that's still ammo for, you know, whoever comes in that, after this exactly atrocious that. liberal government. Yep. Because that's the, that's the other thing. We can all take comfort in the fact that this liberal government is not long for this world. No. Um, Malcolm Turnbull is, is dismally unpopular. And, you know, I would just say on a, on a personal level, I hope that this haunts Malcolm Turnbull, uh, a man who by all accounts considers himself, 
uh, progressive mm. and a man a man of the modern world. I hope that he chokes on this shit in his sleep. I hope that he wakes up in a cold sweat thinking about how far back he's put the cause of people whose rights he's supposedly championed, you know, in the past. Yeah. Like this this energy policy, I mean there there are so many things, treatment of refugees yeah, that you can so, point to and yeah. say he is he is just a man without morals. A man who has just compromised absolutely anything and everything about himself in this craven attempt to hold power. And he's got it and he can't do anything with it. I mean, to- like, Tony Abbott's a piece of shit, but to me, Tony Abbott was just the the dog who caught the car, you know? Oh, absolutely. He got He got the prime ministership. He didn't know what to do with it. He was really bad at the job. He is absolutely anything but a leader. Whereas Malcolm Turnbull, I think I think Malcolm Turnbull genuinely thinks of himself as a really smart guy with all the answers, and he's just he's just traded away absolutely any and every part of himself yep. to yep. be able to be the boss. Yep, and I hope he has and... a dissociative episode while having a shit, just thinking about giving power to Peter Dutton. What a what a yep. terrible oh, thing God. to do. Standing up at press conferences and telling the world that he thinks that Peter Dutton is a is a capable, accomplished man. God, that's so depressing. You know, it's well, yeah. I just, you know, I hope I hope that all of the all the shit he's traded off, all the fucking Faustian backroom deals that he's made to get his little run at power, just so that we can all see that he's just as much of a big fuck-up failure as he was the last time he was leader of the Liberal Party. <laughs> you know? Like, he completely fucked it up that time. He was a complete chump. He fell for that whole Godwin-Gretsch thing, hook, line, and sinker. Mm. Got thrown out by his own party for being too fucking dumb to operate. And he finally crawled his way back to the top and... Yep, he's just compromised every part of himself, and I hope that he enjoys knowing that he's going to go down in history as as a worse leader than Tony Abbott. And I hope he is beaten by Bill Shorten, who is, as far as I can tell, just six wet paper cardboard boxes stacked on top of one another. Oh, God, it's yep. going to be fantastic. Oh, yeah, uh, like, they are absolutely going to lose the next election, and I can only hope in a landslide. Hmm. Fingers crossed. Well, God forbid the Labour Party actually get a bit of fucking spine and confidence from it. And try to do some kind of positive shit because this country is sorely in need of it. Yes. And so on that note, uh, we will leave with a great big raised middle finger to Malcolm Turnbull, you spineless jellyfish sack of shit. You piece of shit, mate. Now, before we go out, can we just, uh, can we just touch on Jackie Lambie for a second? Oh, sure. Well, friend of the show. Friend of the Jackie show, Jackie Lambie. <laughs> Jackie Lambie, who I think we, we discussed. Lucy said off pod, you know, her politics are garbage, but as a person, she rules. Oh, oh she's fantastic. Say anything else. <laughs> so this is from um, the ex-chief um, of staff for um, Jackie Lambie, um, a uh, Rob Messenger. Uh, and Rob Messenger claims Senator Lambie regularly announced to the staff words to the effect I desperately need a root, and that her excessive <laughs> alcohol consumption could impact upon her work health and safety and that of the staff working within her office. So good on you, Jackie. You God, you relatable. Go and get it. Relatable. You, <laughs> you get it, girl. Uh, well, what I would like to know is um, <laughs> words to the effect of. <laughs> words to the effect. I mean, it sounds like a very specific phrase. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it, if it wasn't those words, how much more raw did it get? Yeah, how much worse was it than I need oh a God. root? <laughs> oh, Jackie. Love I hope it. Maybe she'll get a root one day. God bless her. Friend of the show with terrible politics. That's it. Well, look, I mean, Jackie Lambie, Jackie Lambie to me is in the same bucket as, like, David Laneholm, where she is a piece of shit. Um, in the same way that David Laneholm is. But yeah, like, it's the same thing where because they are both people who are untethered by party affiliation mm. 
or any of that sort of stuff, they can just say whatever they're thinking for better or worse. Yes. And so there have been a whole bunch of things where I have heard Jackie Lambie speak and gone, fair enough. Like stuff where she's gone, hey, veterans, you should treat veterans better and not, you know, repeal all of the funding for looking after people that you sent to a war zone and shit like that. And I go, yes, you're right. She goes, and also ban the burker. And I go, oh, (laughs) Jackie. Oh, come on, come on. (laughs) Yeah, and it's uh it's the same thing with David Laneholm where you know he'll he'll say, "Hey, look, you know, I I think that same-sex marriage should be legal because it's none of the government's business who people love and you know, like people should be able to marry whoever they want because that's got nothing to do with the government." And I go, "Right on, man." And he goes, "And that's also why you should let me own this shotgun and I should be able to smoke cigarettes in schools." That's right. I should be able to marry my Adler. Yeah. Should be able to smoke in whatever maternity ward I want. <laughs> it's my taxpayer dollars paying for those nurses. And they go, ah, oh, David, come on, man. All right. We're going to leave it there, folks. Thank right. you for joining us. And we'll see you over on the bonus episode. Bye bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye.